This program is being sponsored by the partners and friends of Keith Butler Ministries. Live Your Faith was created to help Christians grow in their faith in God and to become rooted in the Word of God. Our partners and friends are making it possible for us to do so. To thank you, we would like to offer a gift with a donation of any size. You'll receive this pre-selected book of the month, Faith for Life, Overcoming Everyday Challenges. Please visit www.keithbutler.org and click the banner at the top to receive your gift. Today on Live Your Faith. You can't have one foot in the, in the world system and one foot in God and think this is going to work out all right. It ain't going to work all right. Amen. There's the mercy of God that'll last for a while, but at some point you will be called to make a choice one way or the other. Hallelujah. I know how many people have told me, well, you know, I know the Lord told me such and such. I know the Lord wants me to do such and such. Amen. I know he told me years ago about such and such. He showed me this years ago about such and such, but I haven't done it. Oh, I'm not preaching to myself. I'm preaching to some other folk here. Hi, I'm Keith Butler. Welcome to Live Your Faith Broadcast. This broadcast is about your getting the Word of God in a way you can understand it and use it in your daily life. Romans 1.16 says the Word of God is the power of God to all deliverance. So let's go to the Word and let's walk in deliverance in Jesus' name. Now remember now, God says you won't need to fight in this battle. All right, so most of us would have heard that and we would have went... Thank God. We can sit down and God go handle it. But he says tomorrow, go down against them. Isn't that contradictory what you just told me? Didn't you tell me I wouldn't have to fight in this battle? He said, no. He said, but you go down there. And in fact, not only am I going to tell you, uh, am I sending you down there, I'm going to tell you where they are. They come up by the cliff of this. You'll find them at the end of the brook for the wilderness of Jeruel. <laughs> Here they are. I'm going to tell you where they are. Here's the enemy. Now you go down there. Now I'm telling you, it was one thing to rejoice and give God praise, and they did all of that. It's another thing to go down there in front of the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. Another thing to go down front, go down there. So that we are now in fighting distance. And the odds are three to one against. Now they have a decision. Whether or not, because whether or not they really believe isn't just what they heard. It wasn't just they received. In what they said they believe. Even, not even what they said. If they really are operating in faith, their feet will follow what the word of God says. Otherwise, they're self-deceived. Let's keep on reading here. Praise God. Well, verse 18. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face in the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohatites and of the children of the Kohites stood up 
to halal the Lord of Israel. The word halal or praise, and they did this with a loud voice, which means they began to rave and they began to shout. And, and if you looked at them, they began to act like they was fools, man. I mean, they just, <laughs> I mean, they just rejoicing, rejoicing, rejoicing. When we had our first, first miracle of God as a young church, and I won't tell the whole story, but when we got down to the last day and we didn't have $30,000 to, to do what's necessary to finish out the building, we were about to lose everything we had as a young church that's only a few months really old. And that morning, praise God, $30,000 short, which back in 1981 would be over 100000 a day. Hello, somebody. And man, and if you had saw me, you would have thought I was foolish because I was jumping and shouting and rolling and you would have thought I was a crazy man. I was doing everything I could to keep my head from going tilt. And sometimes that's what you have to do. Sometimes you have to raise your game to the level of the threat. Then the man walked in and wrote a $30,000 check and we had the miracle. But it didn't happen because that was the way to act that I only had. But I noticed nothing happened until I acted. Come on, somebody. So they shouted with a loud voice, but boy, wait a minute now. You still have, you haven't acted enough. They rose early in the morning and they went forth down to that wilderness and as they went, those are action steps. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and be inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe in his prophet, so shall you prosper. And when he consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. Anyone, somebody that couldn't sing. <laughs> that they should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endure forever. Then verse 22. And when they began to sing and praise, so they're marching, they're heading there, they're going down to the wilderness. Amen. They're walking into the danger. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord said, ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. Nobody was left. Yes. Glory, to Glory to God. Now turn to Matthew chapter 14. God moved when they acted. And so oftentimes, people are waiting on God to move. And I'm here to tell you, God's waiting on you to move. He's waiting on you to act on what he said and act like what he said is so and believe what he said is so. Praise God. Do it with your feet. Amen. Sometimes it's easy to talk, but he wants you to walk to walk as well as talk to talk. Now in Matthew 14, of course, there is a storm out on the water in verse 24. And uh, they see Jesus walking on the sea in the middle of the night. They cried out with fear. And in verse 27, Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, as I don't be afraid. Amen. Two things. Note there. He said, Be of good cheer. Smile at your neighbor right now. Let them see your 27, 26 teeth. Or if you got 32, praise God. Just don't take them out your mouth, all right? 
So you be a good chair. In other words, don't let yourself be down. Nobody wants some down Christian. World's got enough trouble. Come on, somebody. He said, be a good chair and don't be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, now if that's you, you ask me to come on this morning. I'm going to want a word from you. Give me a word. Come. One word. Now, Peter could have changed his mind because Peter could have thought, oh, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Lord, I'm, I'm glad you're willing, but, but, but this is a storm out here. But he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. He got to do a miracle only when he came down out of the ship. It's instructive to me that nobody else got out of that ship. Nobody else walked on the water either. Thomas said, I, mean, I doubt that. <laughs> Matthew said, this is, does not add up. John said, I love you, Jesus, but I'm staying in this boat. <laughs> I mean, the only one who got to have the miracle was the person who acted like what they say they believe actually was so. Oh, give me three more. Praise the Lord, somebody. Then in the second chapter of Mark, Jesus came to Capernaum into his own house. People found out he's back in town. He's in the house. So many people show up, praise God, until you couldn't even get in the door. And then notice for the end of verse two, he preached the word unto him. So the word of God, again, is being put forth. And they, and they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy. We would say today something like multiple sclerosis, which was born of four. And when they could not come close unto him for the, all of them people, they uncovered the roof. And when they broke it up, they let the bed down wherein the sick of the palsy lie. Now notice verse 5. And when Jesus saw their faith. Now, if the Lord's looking at where you are and what you are doing, would it be that he actually sees your faith? Now, he may have heard your voice. He may have heard your prayer. But does he see your trust? Your confidence? Your really assurance. Does it really see you doing what you say? Because you really don't find out, amen, what you really are about until you're faced with something very large. When he saw their face, he said, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And of course, that got some folks upset. Praise God. Finally, Jesus says unto him in verse 11, rise, take up your bed and go your way to thy house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed and went forth. They were all amazed. But the key thing was Jesus saw them. He saw their real trust. Now, amen. Of course, breaking up the roof and all that, and I'm sure had his own things about it. But the Lord wasn't upset that the, his roof was broke up. See, Jesus lived in Capernaum after a while. Amen. He wasn't upset that his roof was broken up. He was glad that there was somebody who could believe him. Amen. 
the Lord can always get his roof fixed. He'd rather help somebody than be concerned about what he's got. Then in James chapter 2, we read here in verse uh, 17, praise God. Even so faith, even so pistis, if it has not ergon, that's the Greek word for works. The word works means deeds and actions and doings. Okay, amen. In other words, you will actually see done. If you're not, if you don't have fear, guess what you do? You're willing to go forward. Hallelujah. He said, even so faith, if it has not works, is dead if it's by itself. He said it's dead. Dead faith. Faith that died. So real faith must have, number five, hallelujah. A person can talk about tithes and offerings, for example. Hallelujah. Well, I know the Bible says it, but, well, praise God, you can't get the windows of heaven open and the blessing poured out without the action. Come on, somebody. Amen. Goes on to say, yet, yea, a man may say that he has faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without your works and I will show thee my faith by my works. Why? Because it's number five. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. You believe that there's one God. You do well. The devils believe that too. Will you know, vain man, that faith without works is dead? That word vain is empty man. You empty man. Do you know that trust and confidence and belief and confession and all that without actions that follow is dead and empty? And so with your confessions and your hearing and your believing and all that, do you actually do what he said? I didn't write this sermon. <laughs> Was not Abraham my father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? I mean, God told him, I, take, I want you to take your son, put him up on the altar, and I want you to stick a knife in him, and I want you to physically and offer him as a burnt offering to me. Now, that's just to our minds, just heinous, just unfathomable. You can't even think about such a thing. I can't even think about such a thing. But this man's now the father of faith, and here's the reason why he's the father of faith. He grabbed, grabbed his son and hit on up Mount Moriah. Got up there, praise God. And I'm going to tell you who else was a believer. Isaac was too. We know that Isaac was at minimum 13 years old. Amen. They say somewhere between 13 and 35. And it don't matter to me because if you're 13 years old, you're old enough to understand what that sacrifice is. <laughs> Certainly if you're 35. And of course, he says to his daddy, of course, if you know the text in Genesis 22, he says, now, Father, I see the rope. I see the fire and I see the knife. Where's the kid? Meaning lamb. Where's the lamb? <laughs> His father said, God's going to provide us one. All right. Then we finally get on up there. His hundred year old plus hundred year old father plus hundred. 
He gets up there, uh, amen, and his father says, all right, boy, come here, I'm going to tie you up. You going to do what? I'm going to tie you up. Why you want to do that? Because you the sacrifice. Now, of course, most 13-year-olds I know would have been running. 35-year-olds would have been running. He had so much faith in his father with his God. That's why I give Isaac credit, too. Amen. But the scripture talks about Abraham. Nobody says faith can combine with his works. And by works was faith made complete. So the operation of faith is not complete. It's not enough to hear it, receive it, believe it, and speak it, unless you follow all the way through with the action. Now, the word from God will give you the direction. The word of God will give you the timing. The word of God may give you the specifics, praise God. But at the end of the day, the word of God will be, will you act? When the Lord told me when I first came to the ministry to leave my job and go act against all opposition, amen, the choice was either act or don't. And I'm certain that if I had not acted, I wouldn't be here right here. Certain of that. Amen. There came an action time, praise the Lord, when you had to either put up or shut up. Amen. Not enough to lift your hands and praise God and believe God, and yet God cannot use you because you will not act. Thank you, Jesus. The scripture was fulfilled with saith. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. He's called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. And finally in verse 26, that last line, so faith without works is dead also. He says it again. Then turn to Luke chapter 17. Now I'm running you through numerous places where, praise God, number, number five is very, very necessary and instruction. There's a shout at the end of it though. But the Lord last week when I wanted to drill some patience into you, that was good last week. Hallelujah. Now he want to drill some action into you. I want you to examine yourself. Hallelujah. I said examine yourself. And see if you have deceived yourself. Now here in Luke chapter 17, verse 14. Back, we'll back up to verse 11. Came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. He entered into a certain village that met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off. And the reason why they stood afar off was because they were lepers. It was against the law for them to get close to people. Amen. They believed that leprosy was something that could be caught by being close to people. Many diseases are like that. They stood afar off. And of course, in their culture, it was against the law to do so. And if you did get close to people and you had leprosy, you could be stoned over this. So they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, all right, you're healed. Sometimes he did. But in this case, he said, go show yourself to the priest. In other words, if you really believe that I have mercy on you and that you are to heal, then I want you to act like it. 
because the priest had to certify that you were clean. So go show yourself to the priest. Go on in the town. Amen. Put your life on the line and get down to the priest in the middle of town and let him examine you and declare you as being. Well, let's keep on reading. Go ready to go. And it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. Which tells you what? If they didn't go, they wasn't going to be cleansed. And it wouldn't be because he didn't have mercy for them. The mercy was available, but action was required on their part. You see, you and God, the scripture tells us, you and God are a team together. You can count on his side. The question is, can he count on your side? Oh, hallelujah. Then in Acts chapter 10, so those guys, glory to God, got healed of, of leprosy, terrible disease. But in Acts chapter 10, praise the Lord, we read over here in verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion, that's an Italian. He's a devout man, one that fears God, all of his house. The man gives much money to the people, and he prayed to God all the time. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming to him and saying, Cornelius, here's come the word of the Lord. When he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? He said, your prayers. And your, and your giving have come up as a memorial before God. Boy, that's a good one right there. Not only has my prayers come up to God and God pays attention, my giving too. And now send men. Here's the word of God. It's very specific. Send men over to Joppa. Call for Simon, whose, whose surname is Peter. He's with one Simon and Tanner. His house is by the seaside. He shall tell you what you ought to do. And when the angel had spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants, a devout soldier of them that waited on him constantly. When he declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. He actually began to act. I don't know how many times I have talked to hundreds, maybe thousands of people who have told me, I know the Lord said this, and I'm waiting for further confirmation. So how long have you known this? Has the Lord ever shown you this before? Well, yeah, I mean, this and that and this and that and this and that. Amen. But they haven't acted. And because they haven't acted, and in some cases, are helping those against God, while at the same time not obeying God. And then the result is some bad things happen. See, as a man sows, he also reaps. And the Bible called that mingled seed. Hallelujah. So you can't have one foot in the evil way of the world, even if it benefits you. You can't have one foot in the, in the world system and one foot in God and think this is going to work out all right. It ain't going to work all right. Amen. There's the mercy of God that'll last for a while, but at some point you will be called to make a choice one way or the other. Hallelujah. I don't know how many people have told me, well, you know, I know the Lord told me such and such. I know the Lord wants me to do such and such. Amen. I know he told me years ago about such and such. He showed me this years ago about such and such, but I haven't done it. Oh, I'm not preaching to myself. I'm preaching to some other folk here. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. 
He actually does what, he's, what, what the Lord told him to do, verse 24. And tomorrow, after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, had called together his kinsmen and near friends. So he does what the Lord said, and now his entire family and every one of his friends are going to be put in position to what was the will of God. Now, he could decide not to do that because, look, we can't send no, nobody to Joppa to Peter because Peter's a Jew. We're Gentiles. We're not allowed to be with Peter. He's going to refuse us. They could have thought of all the reasons why we should not do that. And there were natural reasons why not to obey what God said, except God said it. And if God said it, that ought to be enough for you. You need the Lord Jesus into your life, and you say, how can I receive him? It's very easy. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you will acknowledge him with your mouth, and believe God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Ask him to come into your life right now. Tell him you believe he's alive and well. He will come into your life and save you, and you'll never be the same. Live Your Faith was created to help Christians grow in their faith in God and to become rooted in the Word of God. Our partners and friends are making it possible for us to do so. To thank you, we would like to offer a gift. With a donation of any size, you'll receive this pre-selected book of the month, Faith for Life, Overcoming Everyday Challenges. Please visit www.keithbutler.org and click the banner at the top to receive your gift. Hello, this is Pastor Keith Butler, praise God. We're hosting a ministerial conference uh, at one of our churches. In fact, we're gonna hold it at our church called Faith Christian Center in Phoenix, Arizona. That's March the 22nd through the 24th. Myself and Pastor Keith Moore are gonna be the individuals ministering throughout the entire conference. And so if you are a leader, if you're a minister, praise God, you need to receive some things in you as you minister the rest of 2023. And so that's our ministerial leadership conference is in Phoenix, Arizona at Faith Christian Center, praise God. No stakes, March 22nd through the 24th in Phoenix, Arizona. And we look forward to seeing you there. If you've been looking for a ministry school that would properly prepare you for the call of God on your life, then prayerfully consider receiving your training through Bishop Butler program. We have trained students all over the world and they're doing great things for the Lord now. And we would love the opportunity to train you too. The Pistis School of Ministry is a two year online hybrid program. And what you can expect to receive is an in-depth study of the Word of God and be equipped with the tools that you will need to succeed in ministry. I can honestly say that Pistis is like no other program. So whether you are a local learner or a distance learner, you can expect to receive the same great learning experience. If you would like to receive more information on Pistis or to register for our upcoming school year, email us at info at pistis.cc. Well, praise God, we're taking the Word of God to Western and Southern Europe and other parts of the world. God wants everyone to hear the Word. You know, in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, it says, teach all nations. Then it goes on, praise God, teach them to observe a God from lost, all the things that Jesus taught them. So I want you to know when you support Keith Butler Ministries, 
you have a chance for the gospel to go just beyond your neighborhood, teach people around the world. We want to thank you for your prayers and your support. And always remember, fight the good fight of faith.